Welcome to Mom Reel, the podcast about real encouragement, real stories, and real about motherhood. Welcome back to Mom Reel, and y'all, I am sitting down right now with a friend that I have known since college, and our babies, fun fact, were born a day apart, so I am so, so excited to sit down with her. Her name is Ashley Clark, and she has um, is going to tell you more about herself here um, uh, in a second, but one thing that I have just loved about her and our friendship is that she always is challenging me to view things in a different way. And so that's what we want this episode to be. I was just telling her before starting the recording that I either want you as a listener to see yourself in this episode, or I want you to learn something from it. And so I'm really excited to have her here. We're going to be talking about just, um, you know, race when it comes to having mixed race babies, or, you know, maybe you're a mom and you both are black or whatever. You're both Latina or you're both whatever, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it does, but it doesn't. So we're here. We're going to talk about that today. Um, and like I said, I I have just learned so much from her and from just even her post. Me and her have good conversations about her stuff too. And so um, I hope that as y'all are listening today, um, that you take, take something with you today throughout this. So Ashley, I'm just going to kind of uh, throw it back over to you. Yeah. So I am Ashley Clark. I live in Dallas, Texas. Um, I married my husband, Jamal, in June of 2022. Um, And yeah, I'm a mama. I have a son. We have a son who just turned 15 months old. And I'm a working mom as well. So that's cool. I work for a nonprofit. Um, That is amazing. And we will, we, we literally are, are going to have a different, whole different episode just on the nonprofit that she works for. So anyway, continue. Sorry. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun to work there. But anyway, I'm super excited to be here. Um, and just, yeah, thank you, Grace Ann for asking me to be on. I've, uh, been a huge fan of yours and, um, just really enjoyed our friendship ever since college. So yeah. Yeah. It's so sweet to have this and just like, I feel like it's so important to have people in your corner that you can have like, not necessarily difficult conversations with, but like boundary pushing conversations, I guess, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense, you know, Mm because a lot of your posts make me really reflect and think whether it's, I reflect and think, on a belief that I'm like, no, I I still do believe that. Or it's a belief that I'm like, you know, maybe I need to like texture this a little bit or see it in a different angle or like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Or, Mm. you know, like things like that. Um, You know, we've always been, even, even in college, we had great, you know, I feel like good dialogue together with that. So. Oh yes. In the trenches of college too. Oh oh, yes. Oh yes. (laughs) Been there, been there, been there. I love that it's like transitioned into, you know, our adulthood too, but, um, but yeah, so he's 15 months old and, um, you had him the day before Liam. So they're both, you know, 15 months old right there together. Um, but you know, this episode we have February is black history month. I just wanted to have you on and kind of center the conversation around being a mama of 
a mixed race baby and just kind of sharing the realities and the joys and the challenges and the surprising things and everything in between um, when it comes to that. And so I so appreciate you kind of being here and being able to talk about all of that. But one of the first things that I kind of want to ask you just right out of the gate was what's something that you faced as a mama, um, you know, in both an interracial marriage and then having a mixed race child, because I think you can really speak to both of those. But obviously, you know, this is motherhood focused. But um, I kind of love to hear hear about that. Um, I would say one thing that I have faced, and it doesn't really phase either of us, because we, Jamal and I definitely had conversations about like, what we might have to, you know, deal with, um, looking forward in an interracial marriage and even raising uh, biracial babies. But one thing that I have noticed at times, which is really weird and bizarre, is like sometimes when we're out all together as a family, like we will get some weird looks. <laughs> and like you, would, I'm like, it's 2024. Like I've, there is, I feel like it's very common nowadays, like not nowadays. But you know what I mean? Like, it's yes. very common um, to, you know, people of different ethnicities to be married to each other. And so that's just one thing that I've uh, pondered upon, I guess you could say, is just like the looks that people get. And sometimes it's not necessarily a a hateful look so to speak sometimes it's more of like a curiosity thing like mm -hmm. maybe people are less familiar with it um and maybe they, they just kind of seem a little confused <laughs> um but yeah I would say that is like the biggest thing but overall like um our families definitely have been very welcoming of the other person which has been great um and then like even our families have been very encouraging of just like helping um helping us like raise Isaiah I forgot to mention his name earlier his name is Isaiah uh but helping us raise him to be um aware of both sides of his mm -hmm. history so even like one thing that at first I was not concerned about but I was like not sure if it would be a struggle is like my family just you know being honest like I'm white mm -hmm. um and my family like I'm the first person in my family to be married to someone of a different ethnicity and so you know when we when we started dating and got married I was like I don't know if there will be any issues or like, will they be accepting whatever? That was something that I had to think about. Um, mm -hmm. But one thing that has been really cool and just made my heart so happy is like my family has been very accepting and encouraging, um, not only of Jamal, my husband, but also like raising Isaiah to acknowledge and accept both identities and mm -hmm. not just only knowing one or the other yeah so 
for example, like um, when his very first Christmas, my da- my dad was like really excited. He got him uh, this Christmas book and it was like a black Santa, which I know Aww. is, yeah, like it's kind of just like a fun, silly thing. Oh, yeah. But, but it's just like those small things that you don't expect. Um, but that was really encouraging, too. So I guess I kind of turned that question around into a positive answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I love that. And I think too, like, like you said, like your dad, who's white, being like, aware and understanding of that and making sure that it's like intertwined, because that's who he is. He is Mm -hmm. both, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I love that you had that. And it's, it's funny to me, not like funny in like a ha ha way, but funny, like, man, that's sad that people still give looks in 2024. Because like, even before this this episode I was taught I you know me and Ashley were just catching up and talking and I was like oh I had a mom on here that has mixed race babies and I didn't even like think about it because like they're just like they were just in our friend group and not that we don't think about race in the sense that we don't acknowledge it and like know that they're different because I think that that's important I don't think Mm -hmm. it's I I think this whole idea of like I don't see color is like well that's like devaluing them though so like you know de- so it, it's just it's just funny though that I was like oh wait yeah I'd already done that so it's just <laughs> weird to me to think that that's still a thing and that's just sad it, it it's is. just yeah it is um but like I said like not to like overly be positive but there have been a lot of people in situations where I kind of based off of past conversations maybe or disagreements like I kind of my mind like went to a place of concern of like "Mm, how Mm. are they going to react and so I think that like while it's definitely hard to get those looks from strangers um it's very encouraging to be pleasantly surprised by like some reactions from from people that may like I wasn't really sure how they would react so I love that now again we were talking before this and y'all like I know I I need to sometimes hold stuff to like wait until I'm actually talking on recording with <laughs> with my <laughs> with my guests because I feel like the last podcast episode too I was like we were talking before this and I'm like oh man I need to stop doing that but um <laughs> Anyway, just about something that surprised you and like my friend, one of my friends that has um, a mixed race baby was like, I have to learn how to do his hair. Like, did you Mm -hmm. ever have, have you had something like that, that you're like, oh, I, you know, it makes me think of the episode of This Is Us where Mandy Moore is like, do I put sunscreen on him? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah, I'm trying to think and I'm, I'm, I don't want this to sound like, oh. I know everything like I was so prepared because obviously like I'm a white mother and there are so many things about black culture that I'm not familiar with but I'm not sure if I have like a specific example Mm -hmm. um but so with Isaiah he obviously his dad is black and um Jamal is like a little bit lighter skinned and then when Jamal was a baby, he was he was really, really light-skinned. And so I do think that that plays a role in how Isaiah looks. But also Isaiah does get a lot of his looks from me. Like, 
I think as he's getting older, he's more of a mix, but he's definitely like, it's not like, it's not a question. He's your baby. He's my baby. Mm -hmm. And so all that to say, um, he is like more, he's lighter a little bit and he can be very white passing. So I think that for people who are black, like Jamal would say like, oh yeah, he definitely looks like he's mixed. Um, but for some people, like they would probably have no idea because he is lighter skins and his hair, his hair is very, is very curly, but it's also interesting because while it's very curly, it's more fine like mine Mm. yes so the texture is like is like it it's curly but it's fine so it's not like super thick so as far as like that that's been interesting and honestly that's something I'm still trying to figure out with my hair because (laughs) my hair is similar in some ways but just like trying to figure out what products works best for his hair um because yeah, like a lot of products that are meant for more textured hair um, and curly hair, like whether it's like like curly hair, like for a white person mm-hmm. or like more like textured curly hair, like those products tend to be heavier, if that makes yeah. sense. So it's like the, it works great for his curls, but then it can be really heavy. And because he has fine hair, like his mama, then it can get real heavy and kind of oily. So that's one weird thing is it's like, because his hair is not necessarily one way or the other, it's like, okay, well, which product do I use? Mm -hmm. So um, for any uh, mamas of biracial babies uh, who have that curly but fine hair combination, we really like the, they have like Cantu Kids Spray. Um, And Cantu is a brand that is like made for curly hair. And a lot of uh, Black people do use it. Um, But yeah, they have this spray that's like, it's not super weighted. So that's what we figured out so far but I think that it will be a learning experience as as he grows up and as he gets older um Jamal has told me that like as a baby he was very light and then as he got older his skin got darker and so like obviously we won't know what's gonna happen until Isaiah gets older but uh we both think that his skin will probably get a little bit darker as he gets older so just like trying to yeah sunscreen like personally I know some people will say that if you have darker skin you don't need sunscreen yeah. but I've, I've always been of the mindset of like it's it's not just to prevent burns but also to prevent skin cancer so like yes we use the sunscreen for him um Definitely, definitely, definitely lots of lotion um, because he does get ashy, (laughs) but like me too. So we all just have ashy skin. (laughs) Oh, same, same. Now, I know you kind of touched on this earlier a little bit, but how important to you is it that he really understand both sides of him? Because even coming from somebody who like, I don't have 
you know, a mixed baby at all. But I like, even though I'm white, I have parts of my history that like my parents have made sure that like I know and like that's a part of us and like, you know, parts of our family, you know, and so like they wanted us to know that how important is that to you that he really, you know, understands and that y'all create space for both sides of his history. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very important. Um, I think sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, um, unfortunately, in white culture, unless a family just like has rich history, like what you said, um, or they're like very much in touch with like their ancestry, I think sometimes it can get kind of lost. And mm-hmm. I know for me personally, like sometimes I feel like, man, like, what is my history? I'm just like this mix of all these European countries, you know, and like, do, do I really have a culture? And so um, as far as like the white side of him, I think it's um, important to actually figure out like actual like countries of origin. So mm-hmm. um, like on one side of my family, I'm like very Scottish and Irish. So just like, you know, learning about Scottish and Irish culture is really cool and important. Um, And then also like on Jamal's side, outside of being Black, he also has a very, very, very large amount of Native American. And so that's cool too, is to like learn about um, his Indigenous ancestors. And then obviously, um, with Jamal's um, side of the family and Isaiah being half black like that's a huge thing that we emphasize um I don't like not to be negative but I think that sometimes um, in some situations especially with like maybe a black and a white couple um I think sometimes maybe the the kid kind of like loses a little bit of their blackness or maybe the couple tends to assimilate more mm-hmm. into the the white culture which again if it like if that's not something that is important to you then it is what it is but for us we were like Jamal is very like in tune with his culture and he has lots of traditions um and so that's one thing that we really want to emphasize is like we don't want kind of like what you said earlier like we don't want um it to be a thing of like oh we don't see color or we're all the human race Mm -hmm. and it's like yes like we are all humans but I think that what is so beautiful about like the various ethnicities of the world and like our diversity is like as a believer like we're all created in God's image and God created us so uniquely and so beautifully and so by not acknowledging someone's identity and their culture and their ethnicity then you're you're not accepting them for all of who God made them to be and so for us, <laughs> sorry, I'm like, oh my gosh, first of all, soundbite. Wow, I will be using that. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's so good. Okay, sorry, keep going, keep going. Oh no, you're good. Uh, I, yeah, I feel very passionately about this. Um, 
but yeah so for us like how how do we do that specifically um we very much like I know it can be a stereotype in general of like sometimes in marriages like it'll be a joke like oh you spend all your time with the mom's family or the the wife's family and not like the 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 husband's side and like the you know the whole mother-in-law yeah. thing or whatever like across the board that can be a, a just a joke but for us like I really think it's important to spend a lot of time with Jamal's family and my family too um but like I really freaking love Jamal's family and they're so cool and they're so fun and like so accepting and welcoming and I I've just felt very safe and comfortable with them and so like why wouldn't I want my child to really know his family and his culture and so yeah it looks like spending time with his family not just like at Christmas or whatever um, but just like regularly in community and then for us it also looks like books and like different media that we consume so, I was about to bring that up because when I taught, when I taught my first year, oh, you yeah. put together a, a list. Do you remember this? I do. Oh my You gosh. put together a list of books that were like diverse, not just for like the black community, but it was like mm-hmm. that showed, you know, students with disabilities and like all sorts of stuff. And I bought, I, I don't know how many of those I bought off your list, but I still have them because I'm like, I'm oh. not getting rid of these. So <laughs> I have them upstairs. Of course, they're not appropriate for Liam right now because he, you know, is 15 months, but yeah. when he gets in first grade and they are age appropriate, then, um, you know, then we can go through those. But yeah, I remember um, you having that list and thinking like, okay, I want this because it's so important. Like you, like, I mean, I know I keep saying this over and over again, but not to just be like, oh, we're all one color. We're all one, whatever. It's like, no, it's okay to acknowledge the differences. It's okay mm-hmm. to say like, like you said, we're all created in God's image. So why would we just, you know, just not acknowledge that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay to acknowledge the diversity and that's what that's what's so great. And so um, anyway, not just with, with color, but also able, you know, different mm-hmm. able bodies and, and things like that. And so um, I think it's just so, so important. So anyway, sorry, I had to like put that <laughs> blurb in there when you were talking about books, I was like, do you remember this? I just No, that's so sweet. Like it makes me happy. It makes my heart happy that you like remember that because yeah. I just, yeah, I'm very much like even like you said outside of like black culture and stuff like I think just learning about other cultures even other like religions and holidays and Mm -hmm. and like everything that you can think of like ability um it's so important and so yeah like our books that we read to Isaiah um they're not just like they don't just have you know black kids on the front that like there's we have books that are like all different races but specifically I think that um you know going back to our teaching days yes. <laughs> shout out um <laughs> when you think about windows and mirrors um what they talk about uh I say they 
I forgot where it even came from. I know that we watched some, uh, like a TED talk or something. And essentially the idea is like when kids are consuming media, reading books, watching TV shows, whatever, and not just kids, anybody really, they should have things that are windows and things that are mirrors. So mirrors are like things that they can reflect on and see themselves in it. And I, I know you know this. I'm just explaining for the listeners. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so mirrors, like people see themselves in it. They can feel seen and validated. Um, and that's where you get the whole idea of like representation matters, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then there's also windows. So that is kind of the idea of a book that is maybe about a different culture that you're not familiar with, you're kind of looking into the window and learning and growing from that. And so in any kid's library and their book collection, but I think especially for a biracial child, it's so important to have books that are windows and mirrors. And so, yeah, just like we really think it's important um, to have representation for Isaiah and not just you know, like the white side of him, but also the black side. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, some, I mean, something that I like to do is it's, I, <laughs> it feels really cheesy saying this out loud, but I'm a big fan. So I'm gonna say it. Uh, Target has, you know, like they have the black history month collection. Um, and while I think that like celebrating diversity and culture should be a more important year round, like they this collection that they have every year is just so cool it like um really celebrates and like spotlights um black artists and creators and designers and stuff and so one one just more fun silly thing that I like to do is every year like buy a couple of onesies or a couple different shirts in that collection um because not only can you honor and celebrate culture in what you read and what you watch, but you can also do that in what you wear. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that. And then also, and this is something that will be more relevant as he gets older, but like his friends and like who he goes to school with and what school he goes to, like we want to make sure that wherever he does go like it's a very very diverse and wide-ranging um community in school so I grew up in Garland's Texas and Jamal grew up in Carrollton Texas and so both of those um towns those are for those who don't know those are suburbs of Dallas they um are really diverse. Like they have a large Hispanic population, a large black population. And specifically in Carrollton, there's a very large uh, Asian population. I was about to say that there was mm-hmm. like where I taught, there was a large Asian population too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in, in various from different countries. Um, and so, and I think that that is a huge reason why I am who I am and also why Jamal is who he is, is because we grew up in communities and cities and schools that have a wide range of diversity. 
And so because of that, like, it's kind of, it's always felt like all I've known, so -hmm. to speak. And so because like, I wasn't surrounded just by people that look like me, I can see how important it is to really open up your mind um, and to see different worldviews. So those are just some things that we do um, and plan to do. And I kind of rambled, but oh, another thing that, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but Isaiah's daycare that we have put him in is a Montessori school. And one thing that I really like about Montessori especially is they tend to be very much of that mindset too so Mm -hmm. yeah like at his school they celebrate all of the holidays like even things that you as a white person in America might not necessarily think of like they celebrate Black History Month Chinese or sorry Lunar New Year's um like Indigenous People's Day well I guess that's not really a celebration anyway sorry not to get <laughs> whatever but I'm they, with you yeah <laughs> another podcast episode yeah podcast <laughs> uh, awkward but um, yeah and so they celebrate so many different holidays they bring in food from different cultures and clothing and parties and they like genuinely try to teach the kids even at a very early age like even you know Isaiah is 15 months now and they're already doing like these cultural celebrations and so that's really important to us and I definitely think that um, you can get that experience at at, uh, any school or any daycare but specifically in our experience I definitely think like the Montessori Mm -hmm. kind of approach does celebrate a lot of culture so that's another thing that we really um like to do and emphasize I love that I love that those are such good things too to like just think about even as somebody who doesn't have you know a a mixed baby too just thinking about all those different things and just bring like you said like when you said windows and mirrors I was like brought back to the classroom (laughs) and I was like yes we watched a video on it and I can't even remember who our teacher was but I know you were in that class and I can see myself it's like it was the last class at the very end you know where I'm talking about yeah. too. it's like <laughs> I could see myself in the building in the edu building but um I digress but anyway um now kind of shifting gears a little bit so how can other people so who you know don't have a mixed baby how can they be even more inclusive does that kind of go back to what you were saying about you know making sure there's literature out there or being aware of that or just being aware of culture or what what are some practical things that you know that you have even you know you have your best friend is white you know like what are some okay. things that you've even had conversations with her about um and isn't she pregnant right now or did she just have her baby she she is pregnant yes she is pregnant that's <laughs> so so yeah like what are some conversations y'all had about you know those things or just inclusivity in general yeah so I would say like one thing that's very important is if you're white or just any any race that is different from whatever you're trying to learn about Mm -hmm. um is like really widening your 
your group, widening your community. So if you go to church, um, like your friend groups, different activities that you're a part of, like mom groups, things like that, really trying to, and it might feel weird at first, especially if maybe, you know, there are people who don't necessarily realize it or like haven't really known anything differently. So if you've only grown up and you live in a city or something that's like very heavily populated with like only people that look like you, it might not be um, the first thing that you think to do. And that's okay. Like there's no shame in that, especially if it's not familiar to you. Um, But I would just encourage anybody to really try to expand their horizons. Um, And it's not just like trying to find friends for your child, right? So like as a white person specifically, I'm I'm speaking to all the white mamas out there, (laughs) like it's really important for you, like yourself as Ashley, as Grace Ann, to have a diverse friend group. whether that's mom friends, whatever. Like, I think it's so important to just be around people who don't think like you and who don't look like you. Um, because yeah, you're going to learn things that like you, you maybe never would have thought of. Um, and then another practical thing that I would say is like, we talked about windows and mirrors. So with your books, like your literature that you read to your children, Like making sure that it's not just like a white child on the cover, like reading books that are about different cultures and holidays and um, different stories. uh, That's really important. And then too, like even with your toys. So like I, there's someone who I know on social media who is a chiropractor actually in Dallas. Anyway, um she's white her daughter's white her husband's white and she has like she has her little girl has these like dolls these toy dolls um and she has several of them but one thing that I thought was cool and like something that I had thought about doing but it was really encouraging to see someone else to do it as well is like not even having a white doll like just because your child is white doesn't necessarily mean that they need to have a white doll. So like if they want a black doll, like if they want toys that look different than them, like you can encourage that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like kids aren't really going to notice like kids, kids don't really say or do things until adults like bring it up. So I think that in a lot of ways, while kids may see differences and like not necessarily a negative way I think unfortunately with like our biases 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 um with our biases like the negative thoughts and feelings that kids have are because of what they learned from adults and so just teaching them like we are different and that's okay I remember as a teacher, which I know with like talking about race, there's like all sorts of conversations that come up, especially with education and teaching. But back in the day when I was a teacher, um, I did a lesson on Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and Black History Month and all these things. 
And one of my students, like we, we would always have very candid and open conversations. Um, and one of my students was like, well, Miss Miller, that's my maiden name, Miss Miller, like your skin is way lighter than his skin. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like that is, that is true. Like, look at, let, let's all look at our arms right now. And so just like having those very candid conversations, because kids notice, kids notice when you don't say something, kids notice when you do say something, whether like they notice whether it's negative or positive association with that. And so just having really open conversations. Um, another important thing I think is like making sure to teach history like actual history um the good the bad and the ugly so yeah. right like black history isn't just all of the negative things that have happened but there's also been so many amazing achievements and celebrations and things that like black people have contributed to society that are totally worth celebrating yeah and so those are just some things that I think of off, off the jump um but yeah I love that now I know you kind of said it so I'm sorry if you're repeating yourself <laughs> but um as we kind of wind down the episode today what is one piece of advice that you um would share with our listeners today whether that be the white mama whether that be you know the mama to mix baby or whatever whatever today what would you leave our our um listening mamas with okay so I have a two-parter um, the first one is specifically for a white mama with a biracial baby, whether that's black, Hispanic, whatever. I want to encourage you to be uncomfortable, mm. to lean in to hard conversations, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Because at the end of the day, you leaning in and allowing yourself to be uncomfortable is going to result in more understanding on your part um and more acceptance and celebration on the part of your biracial child and then my other piece of advice would just be if you are not a mama to a biracial baby let's say you're white and you have a white husband um honestly actually it's the same advice is to just lean in allow yourself to be uncomfortable with the unfamiliar um, mm. and really go out of your way to learn and to do the work to um, help you raise your child to be accepting and inclusive. I love that. Thank you so much, Ashley. I just like, even as you're saying that, it just, it, it flashes me back to moments that you and I had in school where not just on race, but also ability. You and I had mm -hmm. a lot of conversation about that. And, um, you know, and then I ended up with the SPED integrated class with <laughs> in my first year teaching. And um, anyway, it's just, I just always appreciate your outlook. And I know I said this in the very beginning, but just our dialogue and you being here. So thank you. Thank you for being a part. And um, hopefully uh, the mamas who listen to this gain something from it because I know I did so um, <laughs> I know they did but um, y'all thanks for being here today remember to keep it mom real and I'll see y'all in the next one <laughs>